Trusting you, we 
Welcome, welcome to Renewed Talk. It is our fourth episode. The date is October the 21st, 2015. And I just wanted to let you know that my name is Elaine Janelle. I am your host and founder of Renewed Talk. And I'm glad you stopped by. If you have never heard of us before, welcome. All right, get to know us. We play good music and we talk about some great things and aspects of life and God. All right. Um. On this episode of A New Talk, I'm featuring the topic, Knowing Your Self-Worth or Knowing One's Self-Worth. And before I get started with that topic, I want to spend a little bit of time giving shout-outs and announcements uh, to some great people in the Philadelphia area, okay, which is where I am from. First, I want to start off by saying this is the first episode where I'm doing announcements, and it's also the first episode where I will begin giving a brand or um, representing a brand on this episode, on, on episode of Renew Talk, meaning that starting from today and every episode that you hear, there will be a brand that I will push. There'll be somebody that I know who is creating and starting their own business that I will push every episode of Renew Talk. So this being the first time I'm doing it, I'm going to push somebody who has been doing this for a long time. Okay. It's not an old man. Okay. He's been around just for a little while. But he's been definitely pushing his own brand for probably the last at least 10 to 15 years, okay? His name, if you've never heard of it, I'm sure you're going to hear of it soon, is Mr. John Graves, also known as Dr. John Graves. And he hails out of Philadelphia, PA. He is one of our own. And the way you can push 
and learn more about him is the first if you come past Philly through Philly, stop by Philly downtown. You can visit his store. He opened his store in January 2015 on Martin Luther King Day, and the address is 1214 South Street. Yes, it's right on South Street near Borden South. And if you know anything about John Graves, he is a creative artist and he is his own person. So right there at his store, he sells um, uh, vintage wear. And if you're into vintage clothing, stop by there, um, especially anytime after on th Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, the store is open to the public and pick up some garments for a cheap price. OK, or affordable price, I should say. Also, I just want to let you know, with uh, working with John Grace, he has actors and um, actresses around the city and musicians and singers around the city who have helped him put forth his production. He is known for John Grace Productions. So he has one coming up, actually two coming up in November. One is called The Perfects. Okay, it's about five criminals um, that are recruited to redeem a dysfunctional family in exchange for their mortal lives. Uh, it will be held at the Adrian Theater, which is at a 2030 Samson Street right here in Philadelphia. And it's going to be on November the 5th, the 6th at 8 p.m. And November the 7th and the 8th at 3 p.m. and 8 p.m. So that means that there is going to be a total of about six shows showing of the perfects. The cost of tickets are $25 to $40. And you can pick them up at his store or you can go and visit the website jgp.ticketleap.com, okay? And that is for the show, The Perfects. And if you're not able to make it to that show, check out Conversations with God. That is his next show that will be um, that he will be doing a production for, and there will be performances. And it's about a young man who just talks about and shares his conversations with his best friend, also known as God. That, again, will be held at Adrian Theater, at 2030 Samson Street in Philadelphia on November the 10th and the 11th. That is a Tuesday and Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Tickets are just $25. And once again, if you want to know any more about it or you want to buy a ticket, stop by 1214 South Street. And I'm sure someone will be there to assist you in finding out more about that. In the meantime, I want to give my two main announcements. And the first one is concerning this Friday, Lael Jones presents Village Worship, October the 23rd at 8 p.m. to 12 a.m. Yes, it's to midnight. She is featuring Kafir Rollison, Tamika Furby, Lael Jones and One Purpose, Andrew Williams, Sing Manny, Epsilon Mitchell and The Gap. And we also have Theron Fowler and yours truly. I shall be there as well. It is called Village Worship because we're just going to come together as a people, as one uh, all from one village, basically all from Philadelphia area, tri-state area. And we're coming just to worship together and worship God. It is not just a concert, but we're coming because we love Jesus. All right. And next Friday, my girl Tamika Furby Productions presents Philly's Flip It concert series. This is her fourth uh, Philly's Flip It. And what this concert is, is simply featuring Philadelphia artists and is letting us know that we have a voice, that we are here and that we can sing and that we're good. We're great. OK. And she takes a little bit of everybody. She gets people from all over the city. And every year she features different people. Um, you may hear some same voices from last year and you may hear some new artists and new ministers this year. It'll be held on October the 30th, 2015 at 8 p.m. at Ever Abundant Life. 121 Ridge Avenue in Darby, Pennsylvania, all right? It's in Darby, Pennsylvania. 
Cost in advance is $15, and if you want to pay at the door, it's $20, okay? And if you want any more information about tickets, hit me up, okay? I'll have some tickets available if you need them, all right? And if you don't want to contact me, you can contact tfurby2 at gmail.com. Again, that is T-F-E-R-E-B-E-E-2 at gmail.com. She'll be featuring a sample of Philly Girls Rock. It's a girl band, girl singers, girl band, and songs from Dwayne Woods and Friends. And she'll be honoring the great Alex Ingram. So check it out if you can. And uh, support us, okay? Support these great men and women who are doing things for God and any earth. And if you are working or anything, if you're building your brand and you're doing something that's positive, not just any old thing. This is a positive area. I say that every episode, Renew Talk is a positive area. If you're doing anything positive in the world, hit me up. Message me. Go to ElaineJanelle.com. Tell me about it, and then I will feature you. We only do one brand a month, but whoever you may be, I will feature you. And whatever your church is doing or whatever your ministry is doing or whatever your community is doing, I don't care where you're from. You could be from Japan. You could be from uh, Australia. You could be from L.A., okay? You could be from Atlanta. We appreciate everybody because if you're doing something positive, we want you to know that you have our support, that people do care, okay? After saying all that, I want to get into our topic tonight, knowing your self-worth, okay? Once again, this week, I'm going to do all my talking at one time. So after me, all you want to hear is the conversation at hand with Miss Lori Carter. Yes, she is a lovely, lovely lady, okay? She uh, is a deputy director. Um, she hails out of Salisbury, Maryland. And she's an urban planner, a visionary, and an entrepreneur, okay? She works in the Department of Planning, Zoning, and Community Development, Development, and she's been here for 28 years. She specializes in community and economic development, okay? She is basically that person who will help you build what you envision in your community, okay? And she's worked not only just in her, her, her county and in her community, but she has helped people around uh tri-state area and just different areas she's a visionary at large um she's an entrepreneur she's been working with solomon's financial solutions for 18 years which helps with um innovative funding solutions for small and emerging businesses as well as nonprofits. miss carter also is in partnership with a company called victory global enterprises all right and it includes travel industry and health and wellness she is a teacher. She is a graduate of Morgan State University. Okay. I know somebody who's listening is repping Morgan right now. <laughs> and she's an active member of the American Planning Association and the International International Economic Development Council. She serves as a church business administration for Mount Enoch Holy Church. And her pastor is Elder Glenn T. Robinson. She does all that right in Salisbury, Maryland. Okay. So she's a mover and a shaker and she means what she says and she says what she means and this is why she's on renewed talk y'all know every time i bring somebody on, there's a purpose every time i bring somebody on there's a purpose for them being here on renewed talk and it's because she's a visionary and she loves to travel she loves to be herself she loves to read she loves to research and she loves food and scuba diving that's what she told me but in the meantime while we prepare for that interview we're going to put on some great music, okay? So y'all already heard Jeffrey Golden. 
with You Will Perform. And I felt that, I felt that this song was appropriate because many of us have been working on different things. Uh, I know a lot of my friends are working on different projects. And many of the people that I chill with and hang with, we're visionaries, okay? And I want to impute that to the people who are listening that if you don't have friends who are visionaries, if you don't have friends that can't look back, look past the week or the month that you might want to find yourself a new group of friends not don't drop the ones you have just kind of like slowly walk away <laughs> and find some people who live uh for god and who have a mindset of vision because if you do not have a mindset of vision your mind who you are and how you live is going to stop right there You'll live paycheck to paycheck. You won't see yourself in a different location. You won't see yourself growing. So any young people that are listening, please listen out. Hear me clear that if you don't have some people around you that are visionaries, whether they're older than you or younger than you, get some people who who, who are about the education, who are about building their careers, who are, who are about going places and not just doing the same old, same old just because that's all they see around them. All right? Get some friends who are builders. That's basically what I'm trying to say. All right, coming up is Adrian Archie. She is another entrepreneur. She's been making music for the longest. And this, this song is called Extra Credit because after all of this, after knowing your self-worth, after knowing who you are in God, and after reading uh, the theme scripture, which is Psalms 139, 13 through 16, check it out on your own or listen to my episode with Elder Jerome Balmore and Elder Sean Mason. <laughs> uh, and you'll hear your scripture. But uh, that theme scripture connects because after you know who you are and after you've done some great things in earth, remember who gets the credit, okay? Adrian Archie sings extra credit. After that, we'll be back with Miss Lori Carter.
Hey everybody, welcome back to Renewed Talk. This is Elaine Janelle on the mic. And as you have already heard, I have here Ms. Lori Carter. And she works with the deputy director of Wamiko. Correct me if I say it wrong, Lori. You say it wrong, it's Wakamako. Wakamako. Okay, she's the deputy director at Wacomico County Department of Planning, Zoning, and Community Development. She's also the um, starter and the CEO of Solomon's Financial Solutions. All right, so she's here on this evening with us. So I hope that you will just sit back, relax, and take in everything that we have to talk about and learn on this evening. If that sounds good to you, Lori, if you don't mind, can you tell everyone a little bit about yourself? Sure, Janelle, I'll be happy to. First of all, I do want to thank you for this opportunity to come on Renew Talk. I'm excited. I'm just totally just loving what you're doing, and I want to celebrate the God that's in you that have a vision to want to do something great as this. Um, my name is Lori Carter, as you stated. Um, I am uh, the daughter of the late Elder Bernard and Dorothy Carter. Um, I reside currently in Salisbury, Maryland. I used to live in the Baltimore City area about for seven years before moving to Maryland. Um, I am one that have uh, went to Morgan State University. I graduated in 1986. Uh, while attending the university, I uh, majored in regional planning. Um, and I became an urban planner in 1982, actually. No, yeah. excuse me, 1986. Oh, wow. Apologize. And um, from there, um, I've been working with uh, Wicomico County and the city of Salisbury uh, now for 28 years. I serve as the deputy director of uh, Salisbury Wicomico Department of Planning and Zoning. And as you had stated, I also have been involved in certain other entrepreneurial activities <laughs> as far as businesses. I've been involved with Solomon's Financial Solution now for almost 18 years. Um, I'm excited. I'm excited about the opportunity to be a blessing and to be able to continue on with this wonderful talk that we're about to have. Awesome. Well, I'm glad you were able to meet with me. And to indulge in this endeavor, um, I'm just, of course, going to go right into some of our questions, some of my questions, I should say, uh, relating to knowing your self-worth or knowing one's self-worth. Um, I wanted to first ask you, uh, at what age and time in your life did you become aware of your identity or of kind of who you are, if that makes any sense? Um, yeah, sure. Definitely. Um, I have to start, you know, in the beginning, of course, I was very fortunate to have um, a mother and a father who were individuals who, as I was growing up, took out the time to help me to identify as a person at an early age uh, because I struggled with my speech. And I have to talk about that. Um, I was a person who had a speech impediment. Mm -hmm. um, and 
so therefore my mother uh, worked very closely with me to make sure that I would not allow that to, uh, um, I guess, make me to be a person who would not be happy with me. That's good. Um, it was a journey. It was uh, something that she always told me that I was someone, that I had something to be able to provide and to offer to others. Um, she told me that because I may have had um, an actual challenge, that that challenge was not to stop me, was not to prohibit me from being the best that, you know, that I could possibly be, that I was wonderfully created. And okay. she constantly reminded me of the time that God took out to create me and to make me special. And I think, you know, that has been something that has helped me throughout my whole entire life, my whole entire walk, um, to know that no matter what, you know, type of challenges that, that I had, that, you know, I really had something that was um, important and that it could be something that could be taken and used for God's glory right. and that I was wonderfully made. And so that was something that has been with me for some time. That's good. That's good. It's good that you had a parent who wanted to make sure you overcame anything that could possibly be a hindrance. Mm-hmm. If that makes any sense. Um, in, in the asking that I want to say, uh, did, do you feel as though if you had a different upbringing that you may have, would have viewed yourself differently, like through your stages of childhood or, um, um, I would probably say, uh, possibly, um, I think because there's a lot of people, whether or not they were born in a Christian home or the back, having the background of a Christian home, I think there are times that there are a lot of people that may not have had that, but they've always have had someone who spoke well in their lives. Right. I think <clears throat> being brought up in a Christian home only added to that because I had many friends who may not have been brought up the same way I was, but they had that which was a around them that was positive. Right, right. Um, and so that makes the biggest difference in the world, you know. But if I did not have that push, if I didn't have that encouragement, if I didn't have someone who believed in me so that the most important thing is sometimes when you cannot believe in yourself, it sometimes means everything to have someone else believe in you until you can until you're yeah, able to actually mm-hmm. connect with that belief it's That's the good. same way it is about us in regards to as being an actual believer mm-hmm. sometimes we don't always believe what god is saying about us we mm-hmm. read it but he still loves us he still is helping us so and he's constantly there until we're able to connect with that particular belief and that's the way it is in regards to how it was with my parents they kept saying certain things they kept pouring certain things 
into me until I was able to connect and I believed that myself. That's good. Um, with me saying and talking about your knowing your self-worth, and around what age or what time did you know that you wanted to start your own business? Because I know you said that you started Solomon probably about, was it 18 years ago you said? I've been involved with Solomon's Financial, uh, Solomon's Financial Solutions, Solutions. Excuse me, for at least about now for 18 years. Uh, I would say this. When you're talking about knowing one's self-worth, first of all, when you look at the word knowing, okay, it's when you have come into full awareness mm -hmm. and acknowledgement. Um, knowing is, you know, um, it's something that it becomes significant because you know it, then it becomes significant. Um I would say probably when my father, he himself was an entrepreneur. Right. So it becomes one of those things. It's like people who sing. Normally, if you have a parent who sings or has a talent or whatever, most likely there's going to be one child in that family that's, that's going to be able to sing. That's right. going to be that one child. Yeah. If it's going to be somebody who preaches, it's going to be that one child in that family who's going to preach. Well, in this instance, my father was a, he was an entrepreneur. He has, he has said for years, you know, it wasn't enough for him to have eggs in a basket. It was more important for him to be able to create a basket so That's he could have eggs in it. That's good. That's good. <laughs> so, so from the beginning, that was so no matter what, even though I actually went off to school and I had my window and and, and having uh, making the decision to go off to college, still, no matter what, I was always going to pursue having my own okay. because I was right. always taught to create the basket. That's good. That's good. I I love so, that. I think I was probably to, to to answer your question. I was probably at the age of nine or ten. I always knew, no matter what, I was going to have something that was going to be my own. Um, that's good, because a lot of times now I don't feel like it's imputed in people at that age. Like they have programs. I've seen it. They have programs and different things. Just like they have things. They have like camps and little things to. People who want to work in music and they have camps and things for children who want to be maybe in filmmaking and things of that sort. Um, but it's not talked about as much. You just see people doing their own little things here and there. But it's not like the process of passing it on to another generation is not as mm -hmm. thoroughly known. Um, and that's why I love hearing it because you knew that as a child because it was embedded, you know, into you as a child. And, um, I hope somebody really takes that away with them from this conversation on this evening because I hope that, you know, that somebody understands, like, if you want it that bad, just think what your child could, you know, understand. And the younger they are and understanding how important it is to have your own, the more, I think, advanced they'll be in wanting to do it or knowing what they want to do, I should say, as well. And it's important to have options. I mean, believe me, I went to school. I did everything 
that we was always have taught to do. You know, you make sure you do well in school. You graduate, you head off to college, you get that job. But because, again, my father had a job. He had a career. But because of one sickness, because of one major decision at a company, that changed everything. Wow. So I never will forget the day when that changed his life. And he said to us, you know, you've got to have other options. You have to have a plan B. You may even have to have a plan C. Mm, but true. the fact of it is, you don't put all them eggs in one basket. I know that's right. I believe in it. Um, I know you're also uh, you're a woman of prayer. So, in being a woman of prayer, knowing your self-worth, uh, having your own business, like, how do you find the balance between all of it? Um, like, you're effective in your ministry, and you're faithful, you're, you're not just here and there, or, or flighty, as people may say. You're, like, you're faithful, and you're effective in, like, every aspect, every area I see you working, you're effective. And so how do you take the aspect to balance it so you also have your me time? Because I've, I, this question is on here mainly because um, sometimes in the church world or in the work world, we get caught up in one or the other. And sometimes it's not balanced on the family level or on our individual like level to spend time with ourselves. Um, how do you do that? What do you, well, what do you do? Well, you have to make it, you know, the exact same way you plan out a day. The exact same way you get up in the morning and you plan to go off to work. If you don't make it a part of the plan, then you'll never do it. Right. So that might mean, you know, you have to sit down and say, okay, I'm going to decide a week from now on every Friday or every Wednesday, I'm going to take out time for myself. You've got to make an appointment with yourself. And that's what I do. I make an appointment with myself. The same way I put it on the calendar, I have to go and see a doctor. Right. I make an appointment with Lori Carter. I write. If I can show you right now, I can show you a page where I have me written down on the calendar. And people may think that's funny and it may seem like quirky. But the fact of it is, is that we make time for everyone else. We'll put everyone else in the cell. We'll lock them in. We'll say, I got you locked in. Everybody mm-hmm. say, I got you locked in. I'll see you next Tuesday. I got you locked in. I'll see you next Friday. But you never take out time to actually put yourself on the schedule. And if that means, and for me, that's what I had to do. Because I was always so concerned and always making time for everyone else. And yet I wasn't making time for myself. So I started observing and looking. Look at my calendar. Mm-hmm. I got everyone else's name in it. but what my, I don't have my name in it. So I started saying, okay, on Wednesdays from Three until five, Lori Carter has an appointment with Lori Carter. That's good. And that makes it funny, but it's the truth. <laughs> no, that's good. Cause you, for those who are, have a busy life, it's easy to get swallowed up and everything like that. Um, and I think it keeps you well-balanced even mentally. Yeah, um, and you know what else? You know, I mean, sometimes, and it's not the big things that you do. I've learned it is not the large things, especially as I continue to get older, I realize, or as I grow and mature, um, I find it, you know, it's not the 
large things that you do. It's not, yes, we would all like to take that wonderful vacation for seven days. But until you get to them seven days, take that hour. Take that mm-hmm. half an hour. Take that little bit of time that you can kind of just take a deep breath and let it out. Sometimes it means sitting in the car and listening at a great song. Or it may just mean just listening at the birds sing, watching the kids play in the park. Any little thing that you can take out time where you're able to just focus on you and focus on your breathing. I've learned this too. This is one of the best things that, that I had a, um, a friend of mine who's a doctor and who said to me one day, just focus on your breathing. Wow. And it focuses you and it like it settles me enough that I, re- I become rejuvenated just okay. by focusing on my breathing. So it's not always, you know, I don't have the monies to travel. I don't have this to do that. Sometimes it's the small things that you can take advantage of that can help you to just kind of put things back into balance. That's good. I'm going to do that. Focus on breathing. I, I'm going to do that. I used to, I don't, this is very interesting. As a child, I used to close my eyes. And you know when you, when you look at, if you like, look at, they tell you, of course, as children not to do this, but I used to do it all the time. Don't look at light head on. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay, yeah. I used to do that. So I would look at the sun. And then I would close my eyes and look at the specks. Now, I don't know how I'm, I'm looking within my, my eyes at the little specks inside of my eyes to watch the light disappear. <laughs> but mm-hmm. I, <laughs> I, I know I was a quick child. I already know. I did very interesting <laughs> things. And I think might've, it might have been because I was the only child. So I literally had to make my entertainment for myself. But <laughs> um, I found that like little things like that made me like aware of just myself. Like I used to be able, I used to be able to feel like the beat of my heart, and I used to be like able to count the beat like little. <laughs> so when you said listen to yourself breathe like that, is just listen to yourself breathing. Watch your, you know. Watch your breathing, even as you go up and down, looking at your stomach, okay? you know, looking at your chest, whatever. Just kind of focus. And, and I mean, I'm telling you, it really, really works. And sometimes it's important, even when someone has kind of ruffled you a little bit and you're a little upset about something, focus on your breathing. It'll, it'll help you to find a calmness. It helps you to put things back into perspective and to kind of just balance you. That's good. It sounds so peaceful. <laughs> so peaceful. Um, but again, it, it, it really comes back again, Janelle, to knowing one's self-worth. When you understand your self-worth, you'll make yourself a priority. When you are not in tune self, won't make yourself a priority. You'll make everything else a priority. You'll even make your enemy a priority because you focus on what they say about you, you, what they mm-hmm. don't say, how they speak well of you, how they don't speak of but when you know yourself, you will take care of yourself because you see value. That's and good. that's what knowing oneself is about. It's about value. And until until we value ourselves, you won't think it's necessary to take out time for yourself. That's true. That's true. I agree. Neil, not, Neil and I have asked you about the balance of work, life, and ministry. 
Um, I want to ask you, have you ever seen yourself giving more time to, like, one thing is, uh, I'll call myself as a new entrepreneur, one thing I've learned is that people say, like, you're constantly, you're con if once you're an entrepreneur, you're constantly working. It doesn't stop. It's not like you don't consider the hours of 8 to 5 to be your <laughs> your time of, you. whoever you're working for 8 to 5, you work for them 8 to 5. But after that time period, you then spend the time building or you, you're allotting yourself that time to build your brand or whatever service you're providing or whatever you're creating. And, and that, have you ever found yourself giving more time to one than to the other or... How's it? Because you've been doing it for 18 years. So how does that work between... It's a challenge at times. Well, I, I would say this. One of the biggest things is that, and I've learned this have, uh, being an, an entrepreneur for the government. Um, and because, again, it depends upon the person. I've always have been a person who has worked hard for anything or anyone. I've always have given the best that I have. Right, I agree. So there was times in my life, even in earlier in my career as an urban planner, that I would work hours until 8 and 9 and 10 o'clock at night to finish a project and didn't think anything of it. Um, I changed that a little bit. I still put in the best, and sometimes it's required that I either travel or I have meetings. But... When you come to the point of, again, going back to knowing one's worth, I find that it's just as important for me to put in everything I got for something that I'm building. That's good. I, how is it that I can possibly put in all the efforts of every time or whatever that I may have scheduled in for someone else and for the community or for anyone else for that matter, but yet I don't take out that same amount of time and work just as hard okay. for what I'm trying to build. Right. So there are times that it does require, and that's why I said entrepreneurship is one of those things where unless a person really understands it, they never will understand us because we do work. We will put in ungodly hours at sometimes just to make it work because yeah, it's about a passion. It's about a dream. It's about a goal. And unless someone understands that, they will see that that's all you're talking about. That's all you're doing. Well, that's because there's something that's in me that has to be birthed that's going to change a person, a community, mm -hmm. the world. Right. And so, therefore, I have to allot that over time. But, again, trying to make sure I have the right balance and that I'm doing what I need to do so I'm not putting so much effort in that I'm losing me in the process mm -hmm. by That's not good. taking care of myself. But yet I know I have this passion. I have this burning. I have this desire to see this dream come to fruition. And I'm going to do whatever it takes to see that happen. Right. What would, what would you say to somebody who, I have just two pieces to this. What would you say to somebody first who has lost themselves in not just their passion, but lost themselves in they've become a they become a, so much of a workaholic that they kind of don't even know where they're where they're at. What would you say to someone who may be like that? Maybe they've been at it ten or fifteen years, and then they they wake up one day and they're like, "Where am I? Like, what am I doing?" <laughs> 
Well, that's a good question. I mean, I think that, I think, to be honest, we all have had those times in our lives where sometimes it's like we're in a rat race or we're on this wheel and we're just kind of spinning. I think sometimes we have good intentions when we first begin, uh, whether it be, whether we start uh, a new hobby or whether we start a new business or whether we start a new relationship, whatever it is, I think when we first walk into it, we have good intentions. I think what we typically don't do is that we don't take the time to really develop a good vision. I don't think that we take the time. Sometimes we become excited with the thought that we don't take out the proper, you know, what it takes. We don't sit down and prepare. And so sometimes we get on that wheel and we become lost because we don't prepare or think it through. Mm -hmm. Um, But when, when you hit that roadblock, it's necessary to admit it for one. And Sometimes it means to stop. It means to not do anything. Sometimes it means you have to regroup. You have to do a re... I guess you have to reassess. You know, what am I doing? Um, Do I still have the same passion? Do I care about the same things? And sometimes, like I said, it just means stopping. And sometimes it means um, seeking... God, and say, God, you know, I thought this was the path. I'm believing it's the path. I'm not seeing it the same. I'm kind of, you know, running, and I'm running, and I'm, like, running in place, and nothing seems to happen, or it's not happening the way that I believe it should happen, whatever the case may be. And sometimes it means having to stop and also take godly counsel. Mentorship is important. I can't stress it enough. One of my greatest success is surrounding myself with good mentors. Yeah. That doesn't mean that that takes away me, from me having to pray or to seek the Lord for his guidance, but he also brings guidance through others. So sometimes it means looking and seeing and talking to others that have already walked that walk mm-hmm. and already have been there. Right. And so hopefully that can bring me, you know, and help me, you know, to be able to settle and kind of regroup where I need to be going. That's good. I take notes. <laughs> I take Mentorship notes. is key. We can never, I would tell anybody, that is, it's, it's a very key important is finding good mentors. Yeah. I'll take, I, I said I'm taking notes because I just think those are things. I'm still a little younger. I still claim myself as younger. So, <laughs> going on in life, whenever I come to those breaking moments or those things where I am questioning what I'm doing or where I'm going, these are definitely, you're, you're leaving valuable lessons and words that I know people of my caliber, younger or older, need to hear. Um, and other, when I say it was two parts to that, my other part was, what would you say to somebody who is fearful, who is not stepping out and it's funny because you're probably going to say some of the same things don't who has sat down and decided they want to start whatever they whatever they decided whether they start their own business starting a cleaning company it could be anything they sincerely have decided they want to sit down and start it um but they're still fearful there's 
you know, kind of standing on the edge and they're not ready to jump. I was always told this. My father always said this to me. Even my godfather, who's a pastor, who is actually my pastor, he would always say to me this, how bad do you want it? Because even though we all have had moments, I've had moments. I mean, I've looked back over my life that there are times there was a couple of things I really wanted to do and I didn't do them. Because again, just like you said, fear. I mean, sometimes people look at you today and they like, wow, you got it all together. And it seems like things just, you know, they just so in sync and you're just kind of rolling. Right. Well, that's the side of the result of what you're seeing. But you didn't see the other side where I had to struggle with my mind at times, mm -hmm. with my speech. Um, you know, sometimes even the enemy trying to make you feel you're not good enough. Yeah. Um, you're not, and then, oh my God, don't start comparing. I mean, and that's one of the biggest things yeah. too, is that we are, you know, our people that sometimes we spend, especially women, we spend so much time with this comparison act that again, that hinders us and it creates all these other torments, these other fears. And so once you get to understand that no matter how, um, uh, how, difficult your situation may be or what your challenges may be. Mm -hmm. But once you link up into you, mm -hmm. where you become happy, complete, and satisfied with you, yes. and even though you know you got some um, some edges that may not be straight, <laughs> oh, yeah. or your hair might be out of place, mm -hmm. or you know, you're not the best at everything, but you know that there is something that God has placed in you right. that needs to be birthed, then you'll kind of come into sync. But it's more important for you to step into those areas where you're afraid. I've mm -hmm. had to do it, and I'm grateful that I did it. Right. Because right. if I didn't do it, then I would not be sitting here having this conversation with you. Because you know why? I would be worried about whether or not if I said the right word, if it came out the correct way. But I had to do that first step of being able to speak, being able to talk. And that, again, comes back to my mother. My mother constantly kept putting me out. I remember, Janelle, Easter plays. I didn't want to do Easter plays. I stuttered. Yeah. I didn't want to do Christmas plays. That if they ask, you know, sing? Oh, yeah, I can sing. But to have to say a speech, but she constantly kept putting me out there. I says, Mommy, I don't want to do this. You have to do this. Mm -hmm. Because one day, you're going to be before people. You're going to be before Great people, you're gonna have to be able to do this. She said, I don't care if it takes you 15 minutes, where it takes somebody else five minutes. Oh, wow! But if it takes 15, you're still gonna do it because you can do it. You have to do it. And so, those are the times that I learned how to still jump out there in fear, in spite of, right? And knowing that, you know. It was working out for my good in the mm -hmm. long run. I didn't always understand it, mm -hmm. but now I do. And then when you have someone who comes up to you and say, I struggle with the same thing you struggle. I'm, I'm, you encourage me. Right. I can do this. I didn't think I could do it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They're resonating with people. Yes. <laughs> They're resonating with people. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's true. I mean, yeah. and I, I, and but that's why I think it's so important 
for parents to speak life to their children. I don't care. No, they may not stutter, but they got other things they have to work through. Right. They have so many challenges and things that they have to endure. But that's why it's so important to speak life, to speak those things that are positive, because they're going to be able to be a child that will turn into an adult that will be able to help and shape and change the world. Mm I do. It resonates with people. I I took speech. I took a speech therapy class, so I can relate. I definitely can relate. A child in my church used to always call me. He's like, "You don't know how to say Jesus," and I was like, "I know how to say Jesus." <laughs> but he said, "No, you say Jesus." I said, <laughs> and you know, to this day, I always crack up because I said I was one of the few kids who really got saved. I got saved at age nine. So I was one of a few, few children who really was saved. And I'm like, y'all trying to tell me I don't know how to say my Savior's name? <laughs> <laughs> so, and I didn't grow, like, I didn't know I had a speech impediment. And I also sucked my thumb, so that was part of the problem. But it wasn't until, like, I think fifth or sixth grade, I went to speech class. And it was like, now I'm getting sent? <laughs> what happened in the last three, four years? But I'm glad. I'm so glad that I was sent. Because by the time I got to high school and taking vocal classes, we're singing Italian. We're singing all these other languages. And mm-hmm. overpronunciate. And I would have never mm-hmm. thought that I could get my words together now compared to the way I used to sound. I can't say Jesus. Thank God I can now. Um. <laughs> and you know what is so funny? And you know what is interesting is that I remember when I had... Uh, I had dogs when I was growing up as a kid. We, had, we loved animals. And I have a wonderful daughter now. Her name is Sierra Gabrielle who is sitting around the corner looking at me smiling. <laughs> but what is so interesting is is that isn't it funny that something that we we would how God will take something that you think is horrible mm-hmm. that you think is like completely um, I, I, I mean I can't even put the words on it but how he would take those things that you think is such a disgrace mm-hmm. or such a problem and turn around for your good. Right. Because for myself, who would ever thought that even the career, I mean, even when I knew that God had birthed in me, because I wanted, I actually started in school when I went to college was to be an architect. Wow. I started in it. I, I went to my second year in college and then I actually switched over to urban planning because I really became involved with community and economic development. So I really became like, okay, I like the buildings, I like the design, but I'm more involved in how community reacts to neighborhood development, revitalization, Mm -hmm. and all those things. But knowing then that what he birthed in me, and I always say, God, wait a minute, if you knew you was going to put this in me, why didn't you fix my speech when I was a kid? Why did you? This doesn't make sense. I mean, I have to present before people. I got to present before communities. I got to talk with governors and senators and mayors and all this. What? Right. Are you being funny for real? But he birthed this in me. And so it's amazing how he would take those things that you think is so horrible or such a disgrace and that cannot be used, but yet he can take it and use it. Right. But that's, that's the beautiful part about God. Mm-hmm. 
He proves he proves to us that we're that we can be overcomers. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. I mean, my God, you could have made me a seamstress where I wouldn't have to talk to anybody, only asking them what size they want. <laughs> you know, I mean, really, I mean, you could have That's had true. it so that the only thing I did was deal. You know, I would basically be dealing strictly with a computer or something like that. But no, I have to have this interaction with individuals mm-hmm. and people and, and communities and whoever else is involved. So God has a way and. And I'm so glad he does because in the end he works it out for our good. Yes. Yes, he does. He makes us victorious. Yes. Um, <laughs> I think, well, I don't have that many more questions. So we've definitely have moved right along. But I said, what is, um, no, 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 no. How do you believe that? I asked this question to Thomas Parker. He was the first person I interviewed. And I asked him, our, our theme for the first two months was to welcome any transitions of life. And the topics, pieces of it relate. Because you, you've said something that I believe Sylvia said the first episode already as well. Like, the pieces of it um, definitely relate. Oh, that's what she said. I asked the question in the first episode, what are your, um, anything, that, any regrets? And I said, I know everybody's so good with saying nowadays that, you know, Everything's just a lesson learned. I said it is. But be honest, that one moment you did have a regret before you realized it was a lesson learned. And she said that, you know, she just, she felt like she didn't really have any regrets, but she felt like that she took, wish she took more risk. And um, when she said that, it made, it resonated with me because it made me say, I said, I know, I know that at the end, even if you regret something, it's just a lesson learned. But I said, at that moment, it usually feel, you feel, kind of maybe irritated about something, maybe a choice you've made. And I asked him, I said, were there, what moments have they had of that? And Sylvia told me that she didn't have really any regrets. Um, she said, but she did, she wished she took more risk. And when she said that, um, you know, just like you, I've known Sylvia all my life. So when she said that, I just stopped and I said, okay, that's something I could take into consideration. Because, um, I think we all, like, I think it's so, I think it's so funny how we always play it safe. Um, but then we faith talk. That's what I talked about the first episode that resonates wow. with this type, wow. which resonates with our conversation tonight. I said, wow. we faith talk. We'll be, we'll be in church talking about you walk by faith and not by sight. We'll preach people into the ground about faith. We'll talk about Abraham. We'll talk about, you know, Isaac. We'll talk about all these people who are men of faith. And then as soon as we say something like, oh, I'm changing careers, or I'm going to start this, or I believe God has given me a vision to travel here, as soon as you say that, people be looking like, well, what you going to do then? Well, when you leaving? Well, how long you going? How much money you have saved? And then you you go, you're putting an interview with somebody you didn't even want to have an interview with. (laughs) All right. That's the truth. That's the truth, Janelle. That's an excellent point. And I think, I think, that's probably, and um, not to duplicate or to, uh, you know, kind of go back just what you had said, but um, that is probably, if anything, I think the same way. Um, there have been times in my life, I think as I got older, I've gotten better by taking risks. Um, but I would say that, you know, being 51, soon to be 52, um, I would say probably if I could look back 30, 
33. I wish I was a stronger risk taker. Um, I probably, uh, I can look on two occasions that if I probably had taken the risk, my life would have been different. For the better, though. Mm-hmm. Not for the worse. I mean, I'm happy now. Things are great. Um, always can always have room for improvement, of course. Right. But I think that was the biggest part. And I think now that I'm getting older, it's not that I can't go back and make up for lost time. But I find myself now that if there's something that comes to mind, that something stays on my mind, it's like I just recently in the last uh, couple of years started another subsidiary company and that was a risk that has been a risk take but i'm i'm enjoying the journey that's awesome Um, i'm having fun and i'm learning i've made some mistakes but that's a part of the learning process yeah but i learned from that 30 to 35 (laughs) that if i just was willing to take the risk um where and what and the amount of people i could have helped if i was just willing and it's not about me so that's one thing about me Anything that I do, anything that I um, aspire to do from this day forward, always have been, continue to will be, is always about how I can be able to help someone else. It's the change to see people's lives change and to be able to uh, become, have experiences. Like, for instance, I see kids that never leave their backyard. I would like for them to be able to have an, another experience besides a backyard right? or, you know, be on a street or whatever the case may be. But, you know, really taking those necessary risks, I would say I have to agree is that if any regrets is not taking those risks at that time, afraid or afraid or again, just like you said, letting someone as soon as you, that's why you gotta be careful who you mm-hmm. share with, because mm-hmm. as soon as you share something, if someone's not there, and they're afraid themselves, and they have right. torment in their lives, what do you think they're going to give <laughs> you? Torment, fear. It's better to talk to a risk taker. Yeah. Someone who's, and I'm telling you, if you want to do certain things, do not. If you plan on traveling the world, why are you going to talk to someone who's a hermit? Yes. No, they may have been outside their local city, better yet their state. <laughs> but then you want to go have conversation with somebody who don't even travel? <laughs> Why? Right. You know, or anything for that matter. I mean, if you're going to want to, you know, if you have a desire to become a chef, why are you going to talk to somebody who don't cook? Why are you going to talk to someone who don't even like food? <laughs> or if they like food, they want the same thing. Thing. Fried chicken. Yeah. Um, so, so, uh, so, and I, I think if anything else, as far as risk taking is again not being afraid to associate yourself with someone who's smarter than you. That has been one of my greatest um, achievements in life is not being intimidated by others who know more than me. Because really, it only makes us better when we are able to not to be afraid to associate with someone who may know just a little bit more than you do. I love that. That's good. And I mean, they take it. Some people are scared to do it because of pride, but you got to take down your pride and be willing to grow. Well, no, I was just saying again. We just had a discussion about you know one of the biggest problems with us, you know, uh, is 
looking back on our lives, if anything, where we probably, if we're going to say regrets, if not, if you don't want to use that word, but again, like it has been said previously, is not being a risk taker. And the unfortunate part is, again, is associating ourselves when we start sharing with individuals who are not risk takers themselves. They're only going to give us what they only know from their view. Mm -hmm. And if, again, if someone does not or have not traveled, why are you going to share with somebody, I'm thinking about traveling the world, and they're going to look at you and say, why? Right. You know, if you decide to be, if you decide one day you want to be a chef and they're going to look at you and say, why? Well, they themselves don't even like to cook. So why are they going to encourage you to become a chef? That's true. So, I mean, so the whole point, and it may seem very simplistic, but the fact, you know, it's, it's so essential that when you have certain thoughts and ideas or you're about to make a leap or jump in any area of your life, you need to be very prayerful and very careful who you share those thoughts with because there's going to be enough persons out there that's going to tell you, no, you can't do it. But you must remember, you need to know for sure that this is something that's happening about. And that there are going to be people out there that will encourage you, that will say, you can do that, Janelle. Right. It's like I said to you since we've talked many, many moons, even before you've done Renew Talk. Mm-hmm. You know, some people might wonder, well, why are you doing that? It's just conversation. Well, no, it's not just conversation. It's a conversation in a totally different light where right. people are able to share thoughts and ideas, experiences, that will help someone else. It's always about bringing about a change Change. Mm -hmm. that will help someone else, a platform that will bless someone else. Right. And so God has given you this platform to be able to bless others. And even though it may seem like everybody's just talk, just talk, (laughs) it's just discussions. But no, somebody will listen. Someone will listen. And even if it's about one nugget, that mm-hmm. one nugget could change their lives. That one nugget could make them leap. That one nugget can make them take that risk that we're talking about. Right. Yeah. And I, for, for years, I took for granted great conversation. Yes. I took that for granted until I started meeting people who didn't have that. Mm. Wow. And that's why, that's where Renewed Talk was birthed out of. Because for years I did, I I realized like I was like I have friends who are mature. They you know some of them were mature past their age, and um I have I have friends that challenge me, and that's what I love about my friends. I don't like having friends that can't challenge me. If you can't right. if you can't ask me a question and have me ponder, if if I have an answer a quick answer to everything, and you can't catch me off guard every so often, then I I'm I'm reevaluating whether we should be friends because. <laughs> Almost all of my friends can ask me a question, and I'll be like, hmm. Or they'll say something, and it may not be every conversation, but every so often they'll just ask me a question, and I'll just be like, oh, that's a good one. Or, my favorite, I have friends who have definitely, we sat on the phone, and I started crying. And because they were saying things that I know I needed to hear. And my heart just was like, oh, okay, it's, it's like church. 
<laughs> I'm sitting here quiet like we, you know, we in worship. But they were saying things I knew that I really, really need to hear. Um, my last question for tonight, because um, we definitely touched, we touched on good things um, in different aspects of knowing your self-worth and relating to, you know, taking chances and being a risk taker um, and being wise about it. But I, I wanted to ask you, how has timing played in all of this? Uh, we, can say, we, can, we can say godly timing or just timing in general. How has it, how has it played in all of the different choices you've made? Because I like even... It's godly timing. I mean, it's godly timing. You know, it, it was godly timing even before I knew God in the way that I know him now. I mean, it's like anyone who said over time, you know, um, God was looking out for me when I didn't even know about God, when I didn't have an experience with God. He was still, you know, he was orchestrating, you know, my whole entire steps. But it's so important because um, when I look back over my life, the last I want to say I want to say fifty-one years because fifty-one years ago I didn't really know myself Self, like mm-hmm. I know myself now. But I would say <laughs> over the last ten to fifteen years, as I've developed and I've grown, I've made some good decisions. I've made some bad decisions. I've looked up. Some decision I probably try to say it wasn't my fault, but that's all of us. Uh, but the fact of it is, is that um, I remember uh, before I got the the actual job that I have now. And speaking of timely, okay, I just want to share with you real, real quick. Um, when I first moved to Salisbury, um, I lived in the Baltimore area for a while. And um, after I moved to Salisbury, uh, after I graduated from college, um, I was I was engaged to be married. Um, I met someone at the time. Didn't work out. So I came to Salisbury just to kind of take a sabbatical and mm-hmm. just kind of relax a little bit and chill at the beach and all those good things. Well, in the meantime, uh, you know, I haven't shared this a lot with people, maybe in a couple of sessions I've Mm -hmm. done. But um, my pastor at the time was uh, in the process of wanting to build a church. And uh, where we were, we had outgrown that area. And so uh, we were looking for land. We had found land, and we were about to go into the planning process. Well, as I was living with them for, uh, I was only going to be living with them for like a summer, just do a summer vacation thing and kind of get my head together mm-hmm. and regroup. Like I was talking about earlier, like that reassessment, like what went wrong differently, da da da, et cetera. Well, um, as time went along, I got tired of just like hanging around the summer. So I went and got a summer job at this place called Thrift Drug Store. Wow. I had, a college, I had a college degree, but I still, I just was wanted to just have this job. So when I was there uh, at the store for a while, this man would come in, and I'm speaking about timeliness and timing. This gentleman would come in every day and would buy the same thing. He would buy old comfort tobacco, 
big red chewing gum and a pipe cleaner. Wow. So I see him every day at the same time he would come in the store. So one day I had this thought and I knew it had to be divinely. They wasn't just something I knew this was now that I know it was God. Mm-hmm. I went and I put out everything that he got every day. And when he walked by me, I thought I would just save him some steps. Right. So I said, you know, I said, excuse me, sir. And he said, you're talking to me? I said, yes, sir. So I said, I see you every day. You come in here, you get the same thing. I thought I would save you some steps. Mm-hmm. He turned around, looked at me, and he started talking to me. He says, he was like, totally taken back. He was like, wow. And so we started conversation. Mm-hmm. We, we began having a conversation. And so as we start talking, he says, I like you. He says, I like your spirit. He says, I like what you just did. And we just got talking. He says, did you go off to college? I said, yes, sir. And I told him I went to school, whatever I went to school for. Right. And he started smiling. He said, you went to school for planning? I said, yes, sir. I went to school to be an urban planner. He started smiling. He said, you'll never guess who I am. I said, who are you? He says, I am the director for planning and zoning for the city of Salisbury. So I kind of looked. He says, I like you. He said, I like what you just did. He said, I like your personality. He said, bring me a resume. Sure. So that afternoon I went home, I showered, I put on my suit and got myself together that same day and ran out and took my resume. To make a long story short, um, God favored me through that whole one moment of time, one moment of a decision that I made to just offer up old comfort tobacco, (laughs) a pioneer, and big red chewing. Wow. Because my parents used to always tell me to watch and be observant. Because I was watching that man Mm -hmm. that particular day, not knowing God had something else greater in store. Timing. I was young. I just came out of college and I was blessed enough when so many of my other friends did not have a career, not just a job, but a career in the food they went to work that particular time. Job was just not about me making money. That job was about a pastor about to build a new edifice. Wow. So from that job, I was able to be very intricate in that whole development process and being able to help my leader at the time to move from point A to point B. Wow. And that's about timing. So that's just one little one little incident of understanding timing and what timing means. And so if anything I would leave with anyone is that, one, don't be afraid to take risks. Timing in regards to the fact that that man didn't know me from a can of paint. You know, I mean, and that's the truth. He didn't. But there was timing. It was about it was about me, again, taking a risk, but being guided because I know that wasn't all me doing that. Mm-hmm. That was God because it, was about, it wasn't just about me. It's a bigger picture. And, it, and as soon as we lose sight of it's about me and it's about a greater 
purpose. Right. You know, that's what's so essential. And that's when we know that we're walking in the timeliness of God. That's good. You know, so, I mean, mm-hmm. that's just, a, that's just one little, you know, that's one little <laughs> excerpt of my life where I really understood the timeliness of God and the and really what time means and how to, you know, put those things together when it's all coming together for the good of so many others just besides myself. Right. Well, before we close in prayer, I close every episode with prayer. Um, <coughs> finish, uh, this sounds so, uh, I'll call it, uh, the norm, but I had a statement. My statement is, I believe in myself because, and then I wanted you to finish that statement. So, I believe in myself because, it could be whatever you want to say. (laughs) I believe in myself because others need me to believe in me. That's good. (laughs) That's real good. I mean, if you're going to be an agent of change, you know, you have to. It's about, it's not about you. me. Yeah, it's, it's not. about mm. me looking further beyond my little whatever. It's about me looking towards how I'm going to impact and what I'm going to do to help other people. And again, that's going back to value, knowing myself, my value. My value is important. Because I am here to value others. Right. Right. Well, I'm glad that we had this conversation. <clears throat> and this. I'm glad we had this conversation too. So, on tonight. Um, I've definitely gained. And I hope that anybody who is listening, no matter where you are in, your, in the world and where you are in your life, I pray and hope that every word that has been said on this evening that you've gained something that will help you grow, help you think. Um, help you mature um, in life and in God um, even the more from just this simple conversation tonight about knowing your self-worth and talking about taking risks. Um, taking risks. Mm-hmm. Taking risks. Most definitely taking risks. And, and you know what? And before we end, I just want to say, I want to say thank you, Janelle. I mean, this is like, I mean, it's just, it's just real conversation. I mean, I have a lot of other <laughs> A lot of other types of inter- interviews at time. It's just so tense, but this is like really relaxed. It's a time to be able to talk, share. It has value, and it's just so important that you know that we come to understand and to celebrate what God is doing in others' lives. And I'm happy and I'm thankful for what He's doing in your life and how you bringing forth this opportunity to be a blessing unto others. Well, thank you, first off, uh, for saying that. <laughs> because it's a blessing to have you on the show. And um, even though I haven't I haven't always said things, uh, well, you know, about a year ago or so, I was like, oh, I want you to be my mentor. I know I'm not the normal person when it comes to mentoring. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. But I tell people, I um I went to a music workshop. We are going to end. I know we talking about ending. It just sound like church. <laughs> we'll get there. But um, I was in a workshop. 
I think it was Lance Williams workshop in North Jersey. And I think I was, I think I was still in college during this time. And, um, Jonathan Nelson began to talk about mentors and he began to talk about that. You can have some, some mentors will be close to you and some people won't. He was like, you can follow people's careers and follow people's lives from afar and learn and gain just from watching mm -hmm. them and, and having small interaction with them or, you know, and, um, when he said that things clicked within me because I had had like mentors as a, as a child. And I've told people before that my, my mother to me, my mother and father to me is a mentor to me as well. Um, because I'm able to open up about other than just what's going on family wise. Um, right. but I found when Jonathan Nelson said that I found that I was able to confide in like, what I've taken and learned from people by watching from afar. So probably about two months ago, I met Melvin Crispell Jr. And I said to him, I said, your parents to, in, in my head, they were my mentors. I ain't never had a conversation. Right. With, I never had a conversation with Melvin. And, now, and I never had a conversation with Tanisha. Maybe one day I will with Tanisha. But I was just like, that's it. They were mentors because I watched from afar certain things they did in the music and in the church music yeah. aspect that were mm -hmm. profitable to the music scene and to the church. And it was just like simple things. They weren't these super, super famous people. Melvin wrote Tanisha Sang. And it mm -hmm. just, <clears throat> they got, I mean, definitely his name now carries even more weight, sad to say, even after he's passed. But just I I told him that I said just from watching them and I, and then when I saw him minister I was like you're definitely like you sing you bring them out as well as God out but I was like you remind me of your mother so in that in in saying that um to everyone who is listening after saying all that like Lori is one of my mentors and even if I don't have a conversation with her every time I see her it's just watching people watching the things they do even when I sit in seminars and I listen to them talk about just different aspects uh of things that they learn and things that they're teaching and passing on to me. I take that into perspective as if it's just one-on-one -on -one because that's how much I appreciate what they know and what they have. And that's why I want to say about you, uh, Miss Lori Carter. <laughs> oh, well, thank you, Janelle. I do appreciate it. And we all think I'm big, Lori. I'm just a person who just loves people and want to be able to be a blessing. And that's it. I mean, that's, you know, some people try to be so deep about it, but it's just, let's just keep it simple. I'm, I'm very simplistic. Try to keep it as simple as possible so everybody can be on the same playing field. Right. And you know, just love each other, support each other, and, you know, and just carry on, as I say. Just carry on. <laughs> yeah. Carry on. But no. Hey, oh, and I want to say this. I will say this. Whatever we do as a people, it's important for us to make sure that we set our things in order, that we basically take our time to... As I said earlier, I'm into Solomon's financial solutions. Take our time, especially our younger generation. Really pay attention to what's going on with your finances. Learn, read, even those things that you don't understand. People say to me, how do you know so much? That's because I'm willing to read things I don't understand. Yeah, I keep reading them and then I ask questions. But read, familiarize yourself with things that will help you to be better so you become better for the kingdom, and for the community. Thank you. If you don't mind, uh, 
I would ask if you would close out close it out in prayer. It could be something simple, short, sweet. Uh, <laughs> First of all, God, we want to thank you for this day. We want to thank you for your goodness, your kindness, and your tender mercy. We thank you for all that you have and will continue to be in our lives, God. We thank you, O oh God, for how you shown us mercy and you've shown us grace. We thank you for the love that you continue to bring within our lives, and we just say thank you. We thank you for Janelle, God. We thank you for her gift. We thank you for what she is and what she will continue to be to the body of Christ. We thank you, God, for her love and her humor. We thank you, God, for her caring spirit, God. God, we ask you to bless her, to be, to be able to bless this, what she has been doing, that it will bring forth fruit, God, that will just continue to bless so many people's lives, God. Bless renewed talk, God. We ask you, God, in the name of Jesus, we ask you to continue to look down upon each and every person that will hear this particular conversation, God. We ask you to bless their going in and their coming out. Bless every need, God, that they have, God. Help them to be able to take the risk that is needed to be all that you've called them to be, God. We rebuke the spirit of fear, who we know that is torment, God. Help us to all excel in greatness because you've called us to be great and to be servants. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening, guys. Check us out in November. New topic. More people. And more stuff to learn and grow from in God. Yes. All yes. right. Thank you for listening to Renew Talks tonight.